Going live in three, two, one. We are live for a new episode of Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined with Seth Wintraub. Are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. We don't have a ton of things to talk about this week, guys uh, and girls. This is uh, the, it was just a slow week. I don't know if it was Memorial Day, like a long weekend. People just um, they weren't there weren't that much stream of news coming out of the EV community this week. Uh, we uh, we can still discuss a few things, and then what it does is it leaves us more time for uh, us to either answer your questions or if you guys have suggestions of topics to uh, to jump in. What's that? And um, I need to put my notification down. I keep getting notification right now. Just a quick second. Focus on. All right. So if you guys have any specific subjects you want us to discuss, you just put it in the comment section right now. If you have a question, just put question and then the question right next to it. And uh, we're going to have plenty of time to discuss it because I don't anticipate this show to last the, the news portion of the show last more than 30 minutes uh, this week. You're going to see why pretty quickly. Uh, first off, Tesla is liquidating the... Um, well, I mean, th- we're, we are starting to think that Tesla might be liquidating the Model 3 because of uh, the new Model 3 coming to refresh, the high-end Model 3, however you want to uh, call this thing that's coming up. So why we think that is because there's this new thing where there's a, a discrepancy between the Tesla in new inventory and the Tesla that you can custom build order. That's new. So we reported on that last week. It was a smaller discount. Uh, actually, actually, it started like last, last month with a very small like $400 discount. Then last week with a $1,200 discount, and now it's a $2,400 discount. And again, the, the important thing to note here is the discrepancy between the new car and inventory, so you can pick them up fairly quickly, and the new custom bill order. Um, so we, we have a new like lowest price for a model tree right now, which is $37,830. $368 a month loan, that's... Tesla starts at pretty sure that's the lowest it has ever been. Um, and, and, and that's pre-incentive, I should, I should note, by the way, because, uh, 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 again, that the cheapest Model 3 is the Model 3 that's coming uh, with the Chinese battery pack. Uh, so it only gets half the federal tax credit. But with half the federal tax credit, that's $34,000. Starting to be a pretty good deal, right? Yeah. And, and last time uh, Tesla offered the $35,000 Model 3, was there a tax credit at that point, U.S. in the U.S.? Can't remember. That it must have been pretty close, right? It must have been around the time. If if not, if if it was in the full one, it was. You know, there was a phase out period where, right. like, a six months, uh, it was uh, half of it, and then so on. So it probably was around that time. So probably with the tax with the tax incentive, I would be surprised if it's not the cheapest has ever been. And. Uh, and there's not a decent amount on inventory too, which that leads us to believe that they might try to be like just liquidating what's left with those discounts, and um, and the new island coming at the end of next at the end of this month, really, because we are in the last month of the quarter right now. That would make the most sense to me. Now, of course, the biggest question that everybody has been after this article came out. I've got I have no joke. Gotten like twenty emails about this. Should I wait for the new one? I'm I, like I'm in the market for a new car. Uh, Model 3 is interesting. Should I buy this one or wait for the refresh? Now, we have limited information on that refresh. Uh, it, it's, we, we've seen the exterior of it with the leaked pictures. I can go back. To, oh, is, I didn't put it on this one. Here, wow. Uh, share this. Yeah, okay. uh, this leaked picture. So it's a fairly significant front end update. Looks pretty good. We saw the interior picture, but with heavy camouflage, the only thing that it confirms is the lack of stock. So that might be a negative for us or some people. So that's maybe something to consider. Maybe it's if you want to, if the stocks, the steering stocks are important to you, maybe this is a good deal. Now, the thing that we don't know about the island is what's under the hood, basically. Like what, what else has been updated that we cannot see? And uh, that that's the the gamble that you're taking if you're, deciding to take one of those on-sale cars. Also, <laughs> normally, 
the the idea of liquidating a whole model means that after the liquidation is done, the new version is going to be more expensive. Uh, now, for the island, there's been rumors that part of the idea behind it is that it's going to be cheaper uh, because Tesla is is just streamlining it a lot and hiding things like the uh, structural battery pack potentially, the uh, uh, bigger uh, rear and front casting, and uh, things that would make the vehicle more efficient to build and potentially cheaper. Now, maybe Tesla doesn't pass those savings on to the buyers, though. We don't know. So are, you, are you starting yeah. to believe my uh, Project Highland is the $25,000? That, that would be a big leap, in my opinion. That would be like, because uh, like that's when we're talking about $10,000 less than uh, cars that are being liquidating right now, right. liquidated. It would be like if if it's true, like Tesla has made some. There, there's, it's not like an incremental improvement in cost savings. It's a breakthrough, really. Um, it, and it could be the robo taxi too. So you have all three. You have three cars <laughs> in one. Yeah, you say that, and it's kind of a joke. But at the same time, like the way that Elon has been talking about robo taxi and all that, like it's, it sounds like it could almost be true. Uh, so yeah. I, anyway, to answer the question that I was um, asking earlier. I truly don't know. Like, this is the information we have right now. You have to make the best decision. I've I've got a lot of people that reach out to me that are knowing those information or interested in buying the the current Mobile 3. Um, I I would assume that the thing that is most secured about the island would be hardware 4. So if you're thinking of buying with full self-driving in mind, that might be... That might be something, but set. How many people do you think are buying Teslas right now, thinking self-driving? Uh, zero. zero uh, well, maybe not zero, but probably not, not a lot of people are. And that, that's an interesting evolution of, of Tesla sales because, like, when when FSD first came, well, not FSD beta, but when the idea of FSD came out, a lot of people bought with with, with it in mind, myself included. I'm like, all right, this is uh, long term. This might be a good idea. And now it's very long term, but these days, because of how FSD beta has, I don't want to say flop, but it's just it, it seems like a lot of if of a lot of people that bought FSD are like starting to live in this sort of reality where FSD beta is what we were promised of FSD, which is yes, so far from that case. And I, I I've noticed that want, as well. Yeah, like, I kind of want to rally, rally those those Tesla owners not to settle in this reality because it's not what we were promised. Not at all. And I mean, I know there's there's people that are way ahead of us in terms of like uh, suing Tesla and all that. So uh, we haven't taken those steps, obviously. Um, but so there there is there's both spectrum of owners. I think right now uh, those that bought with FSD in mind when they bought their cars and now they're very disappointed in FSD beta and they are going all the way to Sue. And those are like, like, all right, okay, I guess this is this is what we'll get. And maybe it improves slowly through a way where I can take my hands off the wheel, which <laughs> is still pretty far from that. Oh, but by the way, I got the new FSD beta update uh, yesterday. So I'm going to be testing that out uh, in the coming weeks. All right. Is it going to be any better than the I mean, it's not going to... It's not going to be the one that, like, magically you can go sleep in the back seat. Definitely not this one. But so that uh, I mean that that's I feel like that was a promise way back in the late, yeah, you know, before the pandemic was like, we're selling cars hardware the hardware now that you're going to be able to just go to sleep in the back seat and wake up at your destination. Well, that was verbatim what they said. Yeah. So. We we can't just like pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, because it's not what Elon is saying these days. I no, mean, he's, he's still using the term "robo taxi." I guess. Um, what does that even I, mean now, though? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very self-explanatory. Robo taxi. Like when when I hear robo taxi, I'm thinking like Uber like service minus the drivers. That's what I'm right. thinking. Yeah. Uh, but, so Tesla has. Uh, the loop thing right in las vegas where mm-hmm. all these cars have to do is stay on like they just <laughs> the way you know, you're going in this. a path in a circle and they can't even do that and and the the like i was in a i took a video of it of a, a driver with one 
And I was like, Hey, have you ever tried to put it in, you know, autopilot to do you, mm. do your job for you? He's like, it, it wouldn't work at all. We tried it. It's, it's like not even close. So like if it can't even do like a loop, a closed loop circle, I like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like in our, you know, in our lifetimes. Meanwhile, though, uh, Waymo and Cruise are doing mm. robo taxis all around San Francisco and Arizona. So Austin. It's like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's happening. It's just not happening on, on in Tesla's. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we are very well when we say that because what you just said is completely true, but we are also very aware that the approach of Waymo and Cruise is geofence and very different and tesla's um but the problem with tesla is it's like yes tesla's approach in theory is much better like if you can truly achieve an ai that can drive anywhere uh, in any condition um like a human would then it is better than something that relies on map and then geofence within those maps and and all that but they have a commercial service and tesla well Technically, Tesla Tesla found a way to have a commercial service, basically with FSD, by uh, by just selling it ahead of time and slowly recognizing revenue as it improves. Yeah, eventually, well, I, probably. Like, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. I know that Tesla and the SEC have a very uh, a contagious like a relationship, but uh, the. Uh, I think that's something that maybe eventually they will look into, like the way that they are they, they sold that and the way that they recognize revenue from it. Even though, like how did because the promise was full self-driving, how can you recognize revenue before delivering that? Because you you can Tesla Tesla's argument is that it it improves the experience right now if it's the better, but I mean on on other than a few hardcore tesla fans and and tesla investors is a lot a lot of them are tesla investors you have to be, i'm a tesla investor myself uh but so i know how the pressure comes of like trying to speak good of tesla and everything so i know where they're coming from but you take that away and you talk just for like regular like owners that try to fsd beta most of them will tell you that it doesn't improve the experience you feel like you're a, a drive ed instructor to uh, now, I used to say 13 years old. Maybe now you're at, we had 14 year old, and they, instead of taking hard drugs every time, <laughs> it's every other session that it takes. Softer drugs. drugs. Softer. Yeah, <laughs> softer drugs. Now they, yeah. 14 year old on it's not PCP anymore. It's just like uh, <laughs> a, little, you know. a little dash of crystal meth. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm not even sure which <clears throat> one is worse. But right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on, this this uh, nice little stealth update that happened last week with uh, 2023.11.4.2, uh, thanks to Tesla hacker and friend of Electric, uh, Mr. Green, the only. Uh, you always find some like under the hood um, up, uh, features that are in the updates, but not in the release notes. And it was somewhat of a significant one this time. Normally, it's just like so small that you wouldn't notice, but this these ones could have made it to the release notes. Uh, especially the big the big one is the auto auto wiper v4. So that's been one of the let's say frequent complaint from Tesla owners that the auto wipers are not very good. Or I saw someone tweet something like uh, Tesla's uh, Tesla's people believe that Tesla's AI will deliver full self driving. When the its AI cannot replace a four dollar sensor rain sensor that does the job pretty well, which is uh, kind of an accurate description. So what we're talking about is deep rain. So Auto Wiper V4 enables you to basically disable uh, deep rain and use uh, the the standard version of the Auto Wiper instead. Which is not I, personally, I think the brain was a small improvement, not just not a significant improvement. So I don't know why you would remove that, but anyway, it, apparently it does come with some improvements to auto wipers too. So uh, another big one is uh, automatic emergency braking, which used to be just uh, if you have <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. If you have something on your path, it would activate the brakes in order to either avoid an impact or reduce the force of an impact. Now it doesn't also for cut-ins. So if someone cuts into your path, it will do that. So prior to that, it would it would uh, try to avoid it. 
uh, but the brakes wouldn't necessarily engage for safety reason. Like it's a more complex kind of calculation, I guess, to do if someone cuts into you in terms of um, the impact of braking. But it starts doing that now, which is a, a good news. Also, for we were just talking about FSD beta, uh, the uh, the timeout that you get from uh, having too many too many violation uh the suspension used to be two weeks now it's one week so for those of you that uh, have problem with these fsd beta nag uh the uh the, there's a bit of a silver lining i guess the penalty box has gotten yeah. a little shorter um yeah i've never I've, I've had a warning on one point of like looking at my phone uh that i did that i have to admit other than that one, it's I never got to a suspension. Though. Just a, a one little warning. Um, but now it's getting like the nag is getting pretty hard. Like sometimes, like it's just uh, I'm I'm looking at the I'm changing a song for like a second on the screen, like not even on my phone on the on the screen, and it warns me like, hey, look at the road. I'm like, dude, I'm looking at the road. Calm down. Hmm. Uh, so the, the the driver monitoring from the camera is getting more significant. All right, uh, moving on. A new model arrived long range in Canada, another Chinese import. So we talked about the launch of the new, um, I was going to say short range, a standard, standard range model Y that is coming from China. And um, and that, that was an interesting one last week when it happened. Uh, uh, did, did we talk about that? That I, I caught rotters? Yeah, we, we didn't talk about it. but We didn't uh, talk about it. Like, we talked was, about it offline. Yeah, that was a weird one. That rotters is that, is that how you pronounce them? Rotters or rooters? Uh, it depends where you're from. I can pronounce it Reuters. Reuters, Reuters. So they did something very weird on that one. When so Elon, they they reported like last year that Tesla planned to import cars from China to the U.S. And then Elon said uh, that's false. And then at some shortly after, they changed that report to say the U.S. and Canada. Um, and now when Tesla started importing last week cars into Canada, um, the standard range model Y more specifically, they, uh, they reported about it. In the report, they were like, oh, we, we did report that that was coming and Elon called it false. Um, and so they, they kind of implied that Elon was wrong to call the report false but I went, I went back and looked at the web archive. And when Elon did say false, it was only mentioning the U.S. They corrected it after he said that. They corrected uh, U.S. and Canada. Uh, turns out the U.S. It was completely wrong. Uh, so they had, Canada was like, yes, now it's true. But wasn't at the time it sounded like. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, routers... They had a few of these lately, like in the last year or two, specifically about Tesla. And to be clear, like a lot of people, especially when, when you talk about media doing like shenanigans like that, people always think like it's uh, there's uh, malicious, like it's they are against Tesla. That's why they're doing it. it's against Tesla. This this is not really against Tesla, and like it's not necessarily like negative negative about Tesla. Uh, I, I think it's just pure incompetence. And you see a lot of that uh, at Rodgers when it comes to the Tesla stuff. And I, I, I tweeted about it, and the tweet went viral because Elon retwe- he didn't retweeted it, but he commented on it and everything. And I, I tagged all the people responsible at Reuters on this, the, the writers, the two writers, and the two editors, like four people like <laughs> work on this thing. No one responded anything. No one changed anything whatsoever. Like, this, this is how you lose faith in, in the media, people. Like, just... And I know I say that as someone who works in the media, <laughs> but uh, I think there's a big difference with like specialized media, like like ourselves, and and just like more like broader like mainstream media. Just because I, I know that some journalists are specialized in a certain thing within mainstream media, and that's that can be good and everything. But for the most part, they are pretty um, diversified. Yeah. And uh, I think they just sometimes they just don't know what they're talking about, and uh, 
and and that leads to things like that. I mean, I hate to say this, and I don't know the the people involved, but it seemed to me like they changed the story to kind of, like maybe it was an evolving like, hey, we're gonna you know import these to the U.S. or maybe they said North America, and somebody was like, oh, that's going to the U.S. and then later on yeah, they're like, but that, that's also incompetence to me. Yeah, I mean it's incompetence, but like changing it without you know correction, mm-hmm. uh, that that's like just dishonest really That's... yeah it's it's stealthed it thing they call it and uh, yeah you, you shouldn't do that if you like we stealthed it for like, um, like uh, typos and things like that yeah. all the all the time but we don't stealthed it that changed the whole meaning of the article within this case or the title yeah like yeah and then yeah in case that the title was a big one obviously if we do change the title for again anything other than a, a typo we do put update on it that's the a protocol at nine to five but uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is a bad one. I, I, I just could, not that I has still had a lot of faith in the media, uh, but <laughs> this one really like was a kind of a nail in the coffin type of thing. But now, on top of the model Y standard range, we have the model Y long range, another Chinese import. And this this is a, a little bit of bad news for Canadian buyers, though, because. I, I I'm not too down on it on the Chinese import itself. Like especially Gigafactory Shanghai seems to be producing some very like high quality vehicles. But in this case, you're getting just less for same price. So specifically the the, the range. So the Model Three Long Range in the in in what well, used to be the American version sold in Canada would have 531 kilometers of range. Now it's 497. So it's down. Um, 35, um, almost 35 uh, kilometers, which is somewhat significant. And with that, Tesla kept the same price of uh, uh, 69,990 uh, uh, Canadian dollars. So you just you're getting less for more. You're getting an LFP, most likely an LFP packs. That why I think it, the range probably went down. Though cannot confirm until the car uh, get there and can verify, but. You have the capacity maybe to charge it more, like a hundred percent, with long with better longevity. So that's an advantage, I guess. But at the same time, LFP has not as good performance normally uh, in colder climate, and for the most part, Canada is a colder climate than the, than the, at least part of the U.S. and Europe. All right, we're already done with Tesla news this week, people. Like that was that was a quick one, but we have a few interesting other news items to discuss. But before we do, quick reminder to uh, put your questions and uh, your subjects you want us to discuss in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in just a few minutes. Um, and if you do enjoy the podcast, please give us a thumbs up, a like, uh, a subscribe, or whatever you you can do on the app that you're watching right now, because we're simultaneously live in a bunch of different apps. And uh, if you are listening to the podcast right now on the um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can give us a five-star rating. That helps a ton. It's free to do. It takes a second. We appreciate every single one of you that does it. All right. The Volkswagen ID Buzz. I did uh, test, uh, did a review, a test drive, first time test drive of that last year. Was uh, quite impressed by it. Very liked it and everything. The only thing that was kind of disappointing is it was like an early teaser because even though this thing launched in Europe, it's not coming in the U.S. until um, next year. But when it comes to the U.S., it's going to come with a third row option, and they kind of unveiled the third row this week. Um, we already had a pretty good look at it uh, in the review, even though it, oh, should I, can I click on this thing? Um, because the the back, all the the frame on the side was were, were already in place for a third row. Uh, like this, I can't, can't see very well, but these things here. So we had a good idea of what it looked like, but now you see it with the actual seats on. So, yeah, and I think there was some question whether it was going to be a three-row back or or two, or sorry, a th- three-seat back row uh, or two-seat, and then obviously it looks like it's going to be a two-seat. Yeah, two-seat. The second row is a three-seat. Uh, so that's a seven-tall. I think this I think this thing is going to do really well in the US. Like there's not a lot of inexpensive three row EVs out there and this one looks really cool. Uh they have an all-wheel drive version so 
uh, that market's satiated. It looks, I mean, it looks really cool. Um, I, I just think that this is going to be a, I don't, it's not going to be a sleeper hit because I think people expect it to do well, but I don't think Volkswagen has any idea how many of these they could sell in the U S because if they did, they would be selling them like crazy already. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so it depends on the price. We don't know exactly what the price is going to be in the U.S., but it starts at around sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars in uh, the equivalent of sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars in uh, in Europe. But I think the 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 it reveals the specs for the U.S. version, and yeah, the specs are a bit different. So it's ten uh, ten inch longer wheelbase, ten inch longer overall too. And then you have nine kilowatt hour more for this time it's 263 miles WLTP, which should translate to over, well, especially with an extra nine kilowatt hour battery, uh, you should translate to easily over 200 miles, which is decent for, so 91 is the top one. So you get, you get a hundred. Yeah. I think we already knew that though. That's not exactly new. Yeah. And there's a, an all-wheel drive version, dual motor, mm-hmm. 330 horsepower. So that'll have some good, you know, climbing hill specs. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is not going to be a, a dragster in any sense of the words. Although 330 horsepower, not, nothing to yeah, shake not a stick at. Um, I'm sure some company will, will will try to do like a Kemper version if Volkswagen doesn't do it itself. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if you're in the Slack room right now, but Jamie's actually at the event in oh. Huntington Beach and he's sending videos of a Camper version of uh, this thing. That's a third done by party one th- or? A, thir- a third party one, yeah. Um, but you know, I think that'd be quite popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I'm got sure. like a camp kitchen in the back and yeah. all kinds of cool stuff. Well, I'm sure you can expect an article on Electrek uh, later today or this weekend maximum. Yep. Or unless there's an embargo or this and we're not supposed to. <laughs> Never <laughs> mind. Like, is it is it a press event or is it like just... Yeah, a, it's it's like, like uh, they they wanted to fly me out and I was like, yeah, I don't oh. want to go all the way to California for this. No, I mean, I, I did want to go to California for this, to be honest, but Jamie's right there in Huntington Beach. So. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Newport Beach is next. Yeah, he could, could have rode his bike to it. Yeah. He probably did. Speaking of Jamie, he's the one we reported on this thing today. Uh, well, not today, this week. Uh, honestly, I haven't checked too much of a look here, but we're talking Faraday Future. We're talking FF91. We've been talking about this car since, I want to say, 2017 or something. Like, not far after I joined Electric. Like, uh, it was it, Faraday Future was kind of it's the crazy. first, it's crazy. like, startup after Tesla, for first EV startup. It was Lucid around the same time too, but Lucid uh, had kind of a different path where it was like a powertrain company first, and it took a little while before the um, focus on on the, on the car itself. So uh, that time, Faraday Future was like the the Tesla killer. <laughs> right, the first <laughs> Tesla killer. These days, uh, we used to like hammer people, the media, on calling everything a Tesla killer. This is dead. This this whole idea of a Tesla killer. Thank God. Um, the FF ninety one. This car was the 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 not the, well actually it was like a supercar that they launched first, like the, as a concept at CES, but it was never meant for a consumer vehicle. So the FF ninety one was the, always the first one. But if you've been following the Faraday Future story, they had a lot of ups and downs uh, with uh, problem with their investors, uh, problem with their CEO. Uh, having their, the CEO was like the owner of like a, a Netflix like equivalent in China and that thing went under and it was a whole nightmare for years and years and years. But they always they, they were always able to just survive at the last second, get a little cash infusion and keep going. And now they kept going enough to bring this car to production, the FF91, and they unveiled it this week um, and they are starting deliveries. Now, let's just go with a few specs. I mean, a lot of that was already released, but uh, 1,050 horsepower, 130 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, for 381 miles of range, which is actually not that much for a big battery pack that big in the form factor like that. But it's it, you, you'll understand when we'll, we'll talk about the interior and everything. This is like a 
a heavy luxury car, but still a 0.6 acceleration in 2.2 seconds. So yeah, same time as you have supercar spec. Um, yeah, those are on payments. Um, oh yeah, well, Jamie, Jamie listened to the whole presentation and from what I understand, he was not impressed with a lot of it because there was a lot of buzzword, especially AI going around where they kept claiming that this thing's going to have all AI, upper AI, AI ability and, and, and all that. So uh, I, I think I'm, I'm on board with, with that when it comes to <laughs> Jamie's opinion on this. Like uh, a lot of times these companies, they just, they, what's hot at this moment? Like what, how can we differentiate ourselves from the rest of the competition? And they, they throw things like that in, which may or may not materialize. But uh, so when I was talking about luxury, this is your view from the back seat here. You have a 27-inch display, so this is very much like a luxury, like back seat vehicle kind of a. You can think about Rolls Royce, Rolls 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 Royce, Rolls Rolls Royce. I can't pronounce Rolls Royce. There you go. Um, but and that's and that's the problem with Faraday Future is that it's not Rolls Royce. It's they're trying to sell this car at three hundred and nine thousand dollars. Crazy, and like it might be, like I've never been in it and everything. Like it, it might be worth that. It might be like super luxurious, super high quality, and everything like that. It's just it's so hard to convince buyers of three hundred thousand dollar cars to go with a no name company. And it's not it's not an insult to to Faraday Future, but like compared to a name like Rolls Royce, compared to a name like Bentley. Uh, it's just they are not nowhere near there. Uh, and so I need, I would like to talk to it because I don't know many of them, but a buyer of $300,000 cars and just poke their, their mind about like what it would take for them to buy a car like that versus a, a Phantom or whatever. Rolls Royce has a, a one coming to an electric one. Well, I mean, I guess I guess you're the only one with a Faraday. Like you know, your neighbor, and you know, nobody else is gonna have yeah. a Faraday on the street. Yeah, I don't know about also servicing it if something breaks and all that. Yeah, that's, that's, not, another, that's another story. Yeah. So, I mean, we should highlight the positive here. They brought an electric car to production. Good for them. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. Extremely hard to do. So congrats to everyone involved. Now, are they going to survive? <laughs> That's the question, uh, unfortunately, because uh, we've seen we've seen Lawrence Town. They brought a car to production, and we see what's happening now. Uh, is there other other example? There's plenty of example of failing before reaching production too. But right. All right. Uh, this just came out today. Uh, high pace is recalling well sorry jaguar is recalling all their high pace suvs uh due to a battery fire risk and this is this has been a long time coming and honestly it should have happened before a long time before should have happened all, all the way back when lg uh, uh, did the recall with the chevy bolt and the hyundai kona and all that and it should have happened last year when we told Jaguar, I, I literally reached out to Jaguar. I said, I, I think I only had circumstantial evidence, but some very good circumstantial evidence telling them that I think you have the exact same problem. Uh, so last year, there was I, I reported on the I-Pace fire. And when I saw the I-Pace fire, I was like, this sounds exactly like every Chevy Bolt EV fire. So plugged in or not plugged in, but after charging the car for a little bit, letting it sit, for a little bit it's not like right after like driving it or anything like that so all the circumstances were the same so i'm like let me let me uh take a look at it so i, I go back and i found i tried to find other ipace fires and sure enough i find four and all four with similar circumstances and then obviously um two plus two the fact that they also use lg energy cells um which were the problem for the chevy bolt ev recall and the hyundai recall so I reached out to them. I'm like, guys, I think you might have the same problem here. And uh, they didn't, uh, I explained to them wh why. 
they didn't want to comment on that. They didn't want to answer my questions. They just said like, oh, we were investigating the, the new fire that I reported on last year. So that was almost a year ago at this point, and it took them a year to, to do the recall. And you know what? They were doing the same thing as uh, GM did. So GM also was like um, and not fully committing to a battery recall for a while. Like they acknowledged the problem and everything, but they pushed this solution of just limiting the top charge rate. So the state of charge will limit it at uh, 80%, I think. So now Jaguar is also pushing this as a software uh, update where they say that they are changing the diagnostic system of the battery pack to see if they can find this problem in it. If they do, they're going to limit it to 75 and bring the car back for service and change the battery pack if they need to. Uh, so that sounds exactly what like GM did, basically. And that led to a full battery recall, if you remember. Yeah. So I think Jaguar might be just delaying the available here. Yeah. And something interesting, uh, uh, Waymo pop ups now for for comments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're in the comments, mm-hmm. um, Waymo's got a lot of Jaguar I paces. No, that's a good point. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if they're involved with the, the recall. I mean, they have like thousands of them, I think, or at least hundreds of them. Yeah, I mean, it's six thousands in the U.S. Uh, that they are being recalled, which it's probably every single one, I would assume. It's everyone from 2019 to 2024 model year. And then if it's, they're doing that in the U.S., they're doing that worldwide. So it's going to be a bad day for a Jaguar because this is their only electric car, so it's not a good sign for them. And um, coincidence or not, uh, this thing came out just when they announced their, their old uh, Jaguar rebranding that they're doing, like... Uh, uh, the, the, this GLR uh, rebranding where focus on EV and whatnot, <laughs> like it's just it's just a bunch of marketing stuff. But well, they they did announce a new Range Rover electric too, uh, but they just they confirmed it via auto car this week. And it's coming. I think I think we knew it was coming, but uh... yeah, those seem more like uh, Range Rover splits than. And it's funny because there's like Land Rover, Range Rover. Now there's Defender, yeah. like. Guys, relax. Yeah, so we'll, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on this high pace like uh, recall because I think it's going to be probably a shame. I, I really like the high pace initially um, mm-hmm. back in 2019 or 18. Yep, it was like the, one of the only EVs that they really wanted you to take off road at the time. All right, moving into comments, it looked look good too. Like it looked yeah. different a bit. Like it. All right, Glenn Stanford, question. If I buy a new battery from Tesla for my Model 3 at end of use, can I not use the old one as a massive power wall? This should be promoted as an option by Tesla <laughs> as it is a win-win for everyone. That's a good question. I, I would be surprised if they let you keep it. I think it's a, a deal like of like this is the price, but the price with us getting the old battery pack because Tesla wants to recycle those. Those are very valuable, and they are probably, honestly, more valuable as for Tesla as a recycling than they are for you as a stationary battery storage solution. Because it's also not as simple as just having a battery. Like there's there's some a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, uh, you can ask uh, Jason. He usually has a video on this on how to do that because he did that with uh, one or two more S battery pack, I think, um, for his, his his home system. So it's not like a plug-and-play situation like the power wall, which the power wall itself is not a plug-and-play situation either. It's as it's closer to that, but still, like uh, I have a, a bill from an electrician, of a few thousand dollars that I can show you that tells you that doesn't sound plug-and-play to me. Uh, but yeah, it, it could be an interesting option for Tesla to offer, but I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, to be honest. All right, uh, moving on. Dan Oberstay, what happened to the larger text option that was supposed to be in V11.4? That's what I was looking forward to most. I think I think it was, it was there. I remember mm-hmm. seeing the release notes of it, but honestly, I didn't look how to activate it myself because I don't I don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I would I would think it's there. 
All right, uh, Kwame Ama says, hey, I know you guys mentioned this before, but what's wrong with the Nissan Leaf, and why wouldn't you buy one? Um, actually, you can not... buy a Bolt. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a Bolt. Uh, and also, I would say Chatamo is a dead standard, at least in North America, so for fast charging. Um, it's not terribly exciting in terms of acceleration. It's not huge. It's you know It was kind of designed a decade ago. Um, Nissan has the Aria out now. If you're talking about a new car, I think the Aria is much more compelling. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, yeah, buy a Bolt. They're, they're much better. Yeah. A little smaller, but... Uh, nice hat, Seth. Thank you. Uh, where can I get one? I think we have a merch store, right? Yeah. I, I, is, is this one in the merch store? Because that's the nice one. That's the, the one that's like broad and everything. I don't know. Uh, check the merch store. If yeah. not, yeah, do a search on. Uh, well, if East... you're watching on YouTube right now, I think the merch store is supposed to appear below us. But uh, yeah, shouldn't Tesla disclose LFP before selling to Canadians? <laughs> In the ideal world, absolutely. Like I'm all for as much information as possible being disclosed to the buyers. That's because just... of the cold, I think he's saying. Yeah, I, I know specifically here for the cold, but in, in general, like you should. Uh, I, but with Tesla, and I might be wrong here, and please correct me if I'm wrong. If you go to the Tesla stores this weekend, but I think you could ask a Tesla advisor about it. I'm not sure if they're gonna have the answer for you. It's that that's how bad it is. I are could you, be wrong. Are you gonna go check out the the Chinese? Model Y at your local Tesla dealer? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't really have a local local one. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a two hours drive for me. But yeah, if someone does, like, let us know this weekend because I'm not sure that they could tell you. All right, uh, Daniel DeYoung, Fred. If you were comparison shopping the long range Model Y versus the long range Mach E in Canada, which would you choose? Given the Y is a Chinese import and the Ford charging news. What's the Ford charge? Oh, the well, the Ford charging Max. news doesn't have a huge impact short term. Uh, so it's like next year. What's going to happen with that is like next year, if you have a Mackie, you're going to be you're going to have access to an adapter, and Tesla would open up all their station through that adapter. That's nice. Uh, I think what was more exciting about the Ford charging news is the integration of the Nax connector in the vehicle itself. Um, that's not going to be for the Mac or at least not for, for, for the one right now. It's 2025, they said, for the next generation vehicles. So there's going to be the next generation Mac basically, that's going to get it. Uh, now, with that said, so a Chinese import, like I said earlier, the Chinese import doesn't bother me that much. I mean, Ford is a Mexican import. Like, right. So, uh, do the Mexican barrels cars better than the Chinese? I don't know. I don't know that to be true, personally. Um so, I mean, the Mackie is interesting, though. I, I would need to configure one for sixty thousand uh, no, dollars, sixty or sixty-nine. Yeah, sixty-nine thousand dollars. Woo! Yeah, um, sixty-nine or fifty-nine. Like now, now I'm confused. Uh, let me... I don't know the Canadian price. Well, I just I just said it earlier. Um, yeah, sixty sixty-nine. Uh, well, seventy thousand dollars, really. So yeah. Uh, so, I, depending on, I would need to configure the Mackie one. If I can get a very nice Mackie for $70,000, I might go with the Mackie, honestly, which is big for me. Like, uh, I've always been like uh, Tesla over everything else. Uh, but uh, but I did very much enjoy the Mackie when I uh, I did uh, a whole two, one week or two week trip uh, in the south of the US with it. Which, which is a lot to say because that was not super easy because the south doesn't have the most CCS uh, connectors. Yeah, and, and now the Maki has a nice uh, Blue Cruise. If that's uh... Yeah, the Blue Cruise is nice too. But you see, if I had this uh, Tesla adapter for the Maki during that trip, my trip would have been a lot easier. Right. So yeah, yeah, maybe like this actually, uh, Daniel is right here in the, in the Ford charging news might be the difference maker. Yeah, if I were you, Daniel, I would configure one. And if you like it more with the configuration for that price, I would go for it. All right, Carl in San Diego, if you can't raise the roof to stand in the buzz, it's not effective the way the previous camper vans were. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess uh, you need to be able to walk around in it. 
for it to be legit. Yeah. Well, I, I see a lot of like van life people having vans configured as camper that doesn't have a raised roof. So. Yeah. All right. Spikes 43. Glenn, usually swapping battery with Tesla or even third party shop like Jason Hughes means you give them your old one. Yeah. And what you said. I found FSD a huge improvement from City Streets beta, and I will use it, if not a lot of people around, and I'm generally pretty happy with it. Yeah, but you, but that makes no sense to me. You just said, I'm gonna, I'm all, it's pretty good, but I'm not, I won't use it if there's people around. <laughs> so that's pretty contrary to me. Like, it's, like, if you don't feel comfortable using it when there's other drivers on the road or pedestrian or whatever, that tells you a lot about the, the system right there. And and I'm right there with you, by the way. I, I I see I see a cyclist, I see pedestrians. I like I get super nervous around those when when I'm on FSD beta, obviously. Yeah, Daniel DeYoung. I see a lot of zero engagement drives on YouTube with FSD, which are you know cherry picked. I have to say because we've seen a lot of them are. Yeah. yeah, so it's improving, but it's still driving like a teenager on drugs. Uh, so you're really just chaperoning it. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's a, like you you can get some good drives. Like you do enough, you'll get some pretty some pretty good drives, I'm sure. And especially also look where it is. If it's in, like in California, like the, that's where Tesla has the most data. It's where it's the smoothest. Uh, then the further you get from California, and obviously Seth and I are pretty far uh, from there, and uh, we feel it. Yeah. All right. Uh, with the highway performance improvements, I find the package worth seven thousand, but probably not sixteen thousand. I didn't even know there was highway improvement performance on. Uh, I mean, he means the stack merging, but honestly, like I said, it was not that much of a downgrade at the very least. Uh, so you cannot make the argument that it's a big downgrade or anything like that. Uh, but I've seen last week, I've seen someone getting into an accident and the on the highway and the accident is 100% because of uh, the change to the stack on the highway from to the FSD stack. Because now, and that's funny because Seth, you, you mentioned it that too, that you didn't like that autopilot doesn't move away for trucks to the to the left of the lane. And now it does that with FSD beta. But this crash, you can see clearly that what happened is that the car passes a truck on the left lane right as the road, uh, you know, these big concrete barrier that you yeah. shorten the road. So the, the um, what, what do you call that? Uh, in French call it, I, I cut mount on the side, like between like the line, you have a line, your, your lane on the road that you have a, a line and then you have some space before it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. You have some space of uh, of asphalt. <clears throat> yeah, the curb or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's not a curb, but it's still, it's still yeah. the road. But that disappear and those concrete barrier like comes in like right there. And so the car does this this maneuver as the same time as this thing come and boom, it runs right into it. So that that's a situation that I, I keep trying to put myself in it. And like, could I have prevented that with my hands on the wheels and watching forward? Like, can you, because that's really much FSD ramming into, like I say ramming, it, it bumped into it. So it didn't do that much. It did some damage obviously, but that wasn't a, wasn't a crash. I should say, um, so would I have been able to prevent that? And I'm not so sure I would have been able to. So it's interesting you bring that up because my neighbor uh, last week uh, was riding on a, a local uh, parkway here. And uh, something very similar happened where it just went over into the curb. And she's got the videos of it. And uh, it, it just ran into the curb. And it's kind of totaled. Like uh, the insurance company wants to... Uh, to total it really total it uh it's i you know i I think there's a lot of weirdness there but it she was like look i was in full self-driving i had my hand on the wheel and it just like went into the curb i mean she was on a busy street and i actually have the videos and i wonder if it's because of that because she was passing a car or a truck and it decided to move over a little bit yeah move over but normally you should still remain within the lane and i think yeah. it, i think that uh, so I, especially I think if the there's logic, a concrete barrier there yeah i think the logic of the fsd is that when it does that move it only does it if like you you have a requirement that is the lane large enough to do that and then where the car was at the moment it was large enough 
But for the few seconds that it takes to pass that truck, it's when the lane got a little bit shorter with the concrete barrier. And normally, like you, if you're center lane, you would have been no problem passing through, even if you have a truck next to you. But because of that, it ran right into it. And the reaction time to, to right. correct, uh, because it feels natural when you're about to pass the truck and it moves a little bit to the left, like this feels good. But then this comes, boom. I don't know. Like you're starting to slowly creep into the territory of Tesla needing to be responsible for these things. I feel like, and that's that's a big step. That's the step. That's the step of like change well, what, everything. What needs to happen? Do do these people need to sue Tesla? Uh, the NHTSA or whatever needs to get involved. Well, I think if you had your hands on the steering wheel and you were paying attention, looking forward. You were using FSD beta properly, and you literally didn't have time to react. I think you have pretty good case. Have, yeah, you have a good case. You use the feature as intended in the feature. So that has been the argument for Tesla for a long time. All the crashes related to autopilot and everything is user misuses. They didn't have their hand on the steering wheel. They weren't paying attention um, and, and all that. And for the most part, uh, well, not for the most part, for everything that I have seen personally, it has been true. Like, there has been like a ton of reaction time that points to the driver not paying attention, uh, leading to the crash and everything. Uh, but the, these one, like the one that you just mentioned and the one that I saw last week, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe we have something here. Interesting. I should do an article that. about this. I should go pick up the, the video. Like I've been thinking about that video a lot. I should do an article about it. All right, I'm I'm putting in your Slack uh, the All video right. of my neighbor. So, okay. All right, uh, Seattle, Vienna, uh, Rivian, Lucid, Faraday, Future, Fisker. Which of these will be around in 2023? Uh, is that the order that you? Would yeah, I mean, it's basically. I think it would be my order, like of chances. Basically, maybe Faraday and Fisker, or I was just gonna say, yeah, or equal or interchangeable. Inter- and Jubal, like you can change them one way. Yeah, or the other. and Lucid just got another three billion from the Saudis today. Yeah, yeah, and so as long as that Saudi Lucid, money still. Yeah, Riven and Lucid are in this position that financially it doesn't look good on either company, but they are backed by deep pockets on each side, including Riven itself having still deep pockets. So I think in terms of survival for the next seven years, um, Rivian, yeah, has the most chance. Lucid after that, and I would I think Lucid can survive at least like the next seven years. It can turn it turn things around. Faraday Future, I, I give I give uh, less than ten percent chance of surviving the next seven years, and and that's that that's not hammering on them by the way. Like it's so hard what they're trying to do, and the fact that they got there is amazing. And giving them a ten percent chance to keep doing like that for seven years is, is a lot. Fisker, Fisker, I would, yeah, probably a uh, 10% chance of survival in the next seven years to s- similar reasons. Yeah. I mean, Fisker, I, I don't know. I feel like if they had their act together a little bit, they ha- they have a good design. They have a uh, Magna on board. I feel like that's. Yeah, but they're going to need a ton of money to deploy right. all those service centers, partnerships and all that. And then, and then one thing happens and. Like, what just happened to Jaguar, for example? If that well, happens to to I Fisker, I'm not made saying by that Magna they... too. Huh? I pace is made by Magna. Eee! Yeah, well, obviously there's a battery pack problem, so it's not right. Magna. But um, yeah, I'm not saying that it, it is happening or anything like that. But if it does happen, Fisker cannot survive that. Jaguar is going to have issues with that alone. Right on their own. It's not. It's not a. It's a much bigger company, but not that big of an automaker. Yeah. All right, Carl in San Diego says, no pride in owning a Faraday. It's a washout of a company. It was always the worst example of tech bro hype over substance. Uh, that's not fair to me. Like, uh, they, they had some decent tech. They had some, like, very solid, uh, like, the inverter engineers that work on there are, like, famous from, like, the EV1 days and everything. Like, they, they, they had a lot of good people over the years building good tech there. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far. But, yeah, in terms of, like... A, would you buy? Would I buy a three hundred? Being like super rich, would I buy a three hundred thousand dollar car from them? I don't see myself doing that. Uh, all right, uh, Spikes forty three says, "Kwame, the 
Chatham port makes it almost impossible to road trip and the, and the lack of battery cooling has led to brutal battery degradation over the years. Yeah. That's one thing we forgot to say about the Nissan leaf. Uh, yeah, it has air, air cooling instead of liquid cooling and that's caused yeah. uh, battery degradation. Uh, Luke Miller question, any news on Tesla superchargers in Canada with the magic dock? Yeah. I mean, magic dock is in uh, a weird position right now. It looks like this stuff might just do the adapters for like the announcement that they did with Ford other than the adoption of the NAX, that can be any other automaker that CC, uh, CCS basically. Right. So that, that can be like, I, I would be, maybe, maybe they have like a deal that we don't know about with Ford that, all right, the first uh, 10,000 uh, CCS to NAX adapter we have goes to your, owners or ev owners maybe they have something like that but i don't see tesla like preventing like a, a, a G, a gm silverado ev owner from buying that adapter too like it makes no sense to me so i would um i would think that that's going to be tesla's approach over magic dock it seems like it unless unless we start seeing more magic dock popping on but we haven't seen since the launch that much so yeah you know, I wonder if Magic Doc's going to be like the uh, the battery swap, where it's yeah, that's like, what I was thinking too. Um, I agree. Like, and and if they can make the adapter, you know, like a fifty dollar part or something, then I think I think well, I mean, even as it is now, I think even Ford had some Tesla adapters. Something I forgot about. They were selling uh, Tesla adapters with the ford f1 um so that they could charge teslas with that thing yeah that was more like a marketing thing like uh, yeah 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 but uh i feel like for 50 bucks you could charge at all the tesla stations like that's that's like a no-brainer i think it's gonna be closer to 100 but yeah this is even 100 it's i think it's still i mean there's no smarts to it it's just basically like a a, an you know electric adapter i don't think there's mm-hmm. any like chips in there or anything i don't know we'll see yeah. all right uh fisker having magna manufacture the cars and partnering with cox automotive for service seems prudent i wonder if fisker would ever put a nax charger in yeah why not or do fisker and Musk not get along oh yeah that's right they don't get along at all yeah i mean even if they don't get along though i think Musk would wouldn't, wouldn't stop tesla for i don't i don't know if you, you can even stop Tesla cannot. Yeah, I don't think with the opening of the standard, Tesla cannot stop anyone from adopting the standard. Right now, the, my problem is like I don't. I, I would be happy to see Fisker adopt Nax. I just think for that domino effect to to continue big. or happen, well, however you want to look at it, reason. you need a bigger one. I think you need you need a, a GM to get on board. VW, uh, VW. Kia. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know if Howdy is in, would be independent of BW to do that, or if like one 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 of the other like big names to do it, and then boom, I think it happens. Because yeah. Charnin, uh, Charnin, they they sent out a press release today about about like their reaction to the Ford thing, and it's pretty funny. It's, it's pretty crazy. Funny. I should do an article on it. You should actually. do an article because it yeah, was really yeah, because it's, it's it's pretty funny. They, they go. They're obviously they're not happy about it. You're like, oh, you're starting like a, a standard war or something. And but the funny part is like they go. We're also not on board with the adapter thing because the adapter makes the experience clunkier, uh, harder to handle. And it's like that's you're describing your connector here. Like if it, like let's say a Tesla to Tesla adapter wouldn't be clunky because it would be the shape of the Tesla connector, which is so much more easier to handle and less clunky than the, the CCS. So they are kind of shooting themselves in the foot on this one. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, is FreeWire NAX announcement interesting, important? Uh, I think Scooter covered that. Yeah, we covered it, but uh, it's just—it's not a big one. Like you, yeah, you need, you need, you need the small. big names on both sides, on the automaker side and on the charging station side, and the, the, the free wires on the charging station side, and uh, and on the charging station side also, it just doesn't like it should already be like you should like if if you 
especially now that Ford is on board too, like the vast majority already of electric vehicles in North America are NACs or Teslas. And in the future, that was going not to be true. But now with NACs opening up and Ford adopting it, it's like, oh, it might still be true for a long, long time. So if you are in the market of charging EVs, why not have the connector that has the most cars out there? It just yeah. makes sense. All right, Luke Miller, question. Have you looked into reports of Ionic 5 battery pack coolant replacement? Three-year replacement and initial replacements are not successful. Batteries full of crystals. Haven't nope. heard that. First time I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, it's already... The, the Ionic 5 is already three years old? Sounds Yeah, maybe two, two and a half, three years old. Remember we were in Germany? Yeah, uh, it just came out. That was... When were we in Germany? 2021? That was for IAA. No. Yeah, twenty IA is every two years, and it's coming up this year. Right, so it was two years. So ago. it was twenty twenty one. Are we going back? By the way, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. <laughs> it's September. We should go. We should yeah. go. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, I'm talking to the the local uh, German, you know, whatever thing, and we're Press working people. on it. Yeah. Um. Nissan Leaf battery can be used as a power wall pretty easily. Just look at Dala from Finland. They have a video on that. Yeah, Nissan made, made their stuff really easy to... Really? Uh, Weird time people say pretty easy on that front. I'm like, all right, really? I mean, Chatamo is pretty open. Like, you can build your own Chatamo stuff, so... Uh, Carl San Diego, if people in FSD are totaling cars, like Seth just described, the next logical step is for all traditional insurance companies to drop Tesla drivers. Then we'll see others involved in accidents. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that was the idea of Tesla's launching their own insurance. It's like they saw that coming. Uh, they know that uh, the other insurers, they would not look at FSD as opt- optimistically as Tesla. <laughs> and, right. and that's true. So it can be a problem if you're in a market where Tesla doesn't have its own insurance. You can expect uh, some hikes because of it. All right. Jim Castaneda says FSD can do some sketch stuff, but you've got to be ready for it. I don't imagine if someone is paying attention, anything should reasonably happen. It's actually pretty predictable. Worst thing is to go into AP without any skepticism. But that's not the point. That's the point. yeah, that's I completely agree with you for the most part, except like what we just talked about is those exceptions where even if you're doing everything right, things can go wrong. And in this case that I was talking about, about the car moving too, uh, the problem with that is that it was a new, it's, it's, a, it's a new behavior from, from autopilot really. Um, and it's a problem specifically for people like me, for example, who has FSD beta, but doesn't use it that much. I use autopilot a lot. And now my autopilot is powered by the FSD stack and starts doing this behavior. And I noticed it right away and everything. And I'm like, all right, this is interesting and whatnot. But if you don't notice it and everything in this particular situation, happened, I need to do a whole article on this and just break it down specifically so people understand. Because without the video, without all the details i'll see if i can reach out to the owner i tried to last time but it didn't work so that's why the article didn't come up and check out my videos i think yeah I um, i'll probably add that to the if, if we're allowed to yeah all right luke miller says this ionic 5 has a special special battery coolant not even the ev6 had it that's made out of crystals turned into crystals yeah it sounds like one of those uh Girls that I dated in, in Venice Beach, like they're all over crystals and things like that. That's what I'm making me think about. Yeah. Oliver Garino, <laughs> is there a possibility for more streamlined connector reaching the European market? Would have a hard time imagining the bulky CCS2 to be the standard for decades to come. That's what Charnin is trying to do. Yeah. Uh, standards bodies. Yeah, that was another argument that they had in their response to we are the global standard. It's like, I'm like, eh, like, you don't not need really. a global standard. Like, you don't, like, it's not there. How often you take a car from North America and bring it to Europe? Like, like so rarely. Like, do you really need to have a whole standard different for that? Like, then that's not a good reason enough not to have a more efficient solution in North America. Also, like CCS, the the communication standard 
is actually what's being used. Like, so they won that battle, like the, the communication between the car yeah. and the, the charging station. That's CCS. The actual like connector you know, phys- physical thing is up in the air. And we're here right now at the beginning of the electric revolution. Why not make it a little bit easier and smaller and, and cheaper and, you know, easier for smaller people or women to usually that it's just like, come on, yeah. let's just, let's just get it over with. Yeah. And- cause we, you, 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 that's a good point. Just because we're at the beginning, like we don't feel it, especially us because we've been in it so much, but in terms of overall volume, it's peanuts right now compared to what's going to happen in 2026, 2027 in terms of like production. So if you have all of those um, in CCS still with the clunky connector, it's not good. A million of those, like if you save like a few seconds every time you handle it, like just that, that adds up to to uh, years and years of yes. uh, efficiency basically. And it's it's like we have the USB C and we have an old USB and we're like, mm. Mm, yeah. Should... You guess yeah. we would have learned from that. Like now everything is going USB C. Right. No, it, there was something actually here in Quebec that uh, they, they're gonna pass a law that they're gonna force everything USB C on smartphone too. Yeah, next iPhone yeah. gonna be yeah. USB C. So get with the program, guys. Uh, does Tesla insure non-Teslas? I don't think they do. Usually, you yeah. get household insurance discount. Or more than one car, but I think they do. I think they do because of that. Oh, interesting. Maybe not in every market, but in Cal- I knew when they launched in California, they did. Okay. Uh, yeah, AP getting worse is bad. Too much change from previous behavior, and then so old- I, I I cannot say personally that it got worse. Um, it's just if it did get better, it's barely noticeable and then he says that old cars and trucks are being exported from the u.s to africa now which is unprecedented uh i guess that's you know a recycling thing mm-hmm. if you're gonna move cars over continents they should all have the same thing and then uh abdumain al sofi says i think in 2026 we will have mcs is that a new charging standard yes yeah, oh the mega charging, mega, mega charging system yeah. Uh, I, we get comments from LinkedIn now. I thought that wasn't possible. It it happens every couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, twenty twenty six. Like the megawatt charging is not needed really for anything other than trucks. Uh, I think it's gonna happen. You're gonna see on the higher hand of it. Uh, maybe some cars have it. But for the most part, I think 2026 might be a little bit early for that. I think it's going to be more cars, uh, sorry, trucks. And I know definitely the semi-trucks, electric semi-trucks, but also like a cyber truck apparently is going to get uh, megawatt charging. So, Yeah, I wonder what that's going to look like, if there's going to be two slots or... Uh, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> the um, Tesla semi connector looks a lot like the CCS connector, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, as maybe a little bit bigger, or not that much. Anyway, all right, laugh, that was laugh. it. Um, thanks, Carl, for a great show. Appreciate it. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, we, uh, if you do enjoy your show, please give us a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is on your app. It helps the show more than you can think. It's all about this engagement. That's how we share this podcast. We share the EV enthusiasm uh, with the community. And we are hopefully going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one. Stay safe out there.